Good evening, good evening. I'm your host and homeboy, Jamar Nelson. And I'm Priya Samsonar. You are the... I am the co-host. You're the host, you know, so I guess... I, I should say, I'm sorry. I'm the co-host, Jamar Nelson. And I'm the co other co-host, Priya Samsonar. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the show. Welcome to the show on this gloomy Saturday evening. You know, I have to say, despite the 72-degree weather, it's fall. There's this football, pumpkin spice, and the leaves are already turning and falling. Yeah, I but can when hear you, them crunching when, under my shoes. This is true, but when you have a day like you did yesterday and Friday, especially yesterday when it was like 80 degrees. Like Those last, are flukes. Last night. No, this is, is this is Minnesota lulling you into a false sense of security before it drops 100 inches of snow on you. That's not it true. goes bam. No, this is usually how it is. You Because we, we missed the dog days of summer because it never got to, you never had those. Let me tell you something. This is how you know something this is something we need to talk about with the guests because they're obviously even global warming in texas they have they average about 20 21 days of 100 degrees plus no about three five something here we average about 17 days of 90 degree plus or 100 degree days and we didn't have that this year so and that's a bad thing it, it's a bad thing why it, is it, that a bad thing like all, me baking in my car like, I should not be able to bake cookies in my car. This coming from a girl that is of dark melanolin, okay? Exactly. I will tell you this. My dad grew up in a tropical climate, literally lived in a country that was cut in half, or cut in a three quarters, one quarter by the equator. Equator, that's right. My dad hates going back home. He Does calls it? like a week and a half into his four-week trip and says, I want to come home. I cannot do this. I don't like the bugs. I don't like this. And he lived there for like 20-plus years of his life. Uh, listen, I, I love it. And My dad so would prefer to sit in a tree stand in the middle of northern Minnesota any day of the week. No, it was great go last home. night at my son's game. Um, he goes to Washburn High, and uh, he's number five. Ew. He's number five. I mean, I'll um, cheer for your son. We're gonna win state too. We we lost last night. And I hope that the quarterback he who who got injured last night. Um, oh no. Yeah, but I think uh, Rory's okay and uh, um, get well, Rory, because we need you. You know, I will root for your son as someone who grew up in Minneapolis and went to Minneapolis public school. I will root for your son every time he plays in conference, except when he plays against South. All bets are off. We, then you know things I, are different. I don't know if we. Um, play south but as i was saying about the heat last night in the game oh that was fantastic that was football weather to stand up there in shorts and get hot sweating it's like this is oh. football feeling like the the players on the field this is football football is fall weather mm, no it's it's well fall because it starts in september in most states it's still warm you have to remember football is played there's heat and then it goes into the crackling fall you, you have to have yeah. you, you have to have football with the heat, you know. I wish we September is the unofficial start of fall. No. Yes. No, it isn't. It isn't. So I, I think that still, with that, with all that said, Priya, we still have crazy things that go on because I, maybe it is global, global warming, especially with your your party. Glow. Uh, <laughs> I mean, you just told me, like, just to be devil's advocate here. You just told me that it was colder in Texas this summer and it was colder in Minnesota, but you're telling me it's global warming? Show me where the warming is in those two states. Climate change. I mean, climate I know change. in California. I, I think we, I know in California they're going through wildfires right now, but I'm betting you that there are some like 
right-wing Christians who are just saying that's God throwing fire down from heaven. So it's, you know, you're right. Uh, uh, <laughs> climate change. Six five one nine eight nine five eight five five. Six five one nine eight nine five eight five five is that call-in number. We have some very interesting guests on today. Yes, we do. Because I posed a question on Facebook today, and I asked, "Does Republican?" I said, "Do." I think that I, did I say that right? Because you're the literary genius here. It's do or does. It's does. Does Republican do? Okay. One <laughs> I think of them. you said do. I think I, I said do, but I, I, I think that's not right. But do Republicans care about women, uh, black and brown people, and inappropriate behaviors by uh, uh, police officers and, and things of like that? Uh, this, 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 this arrogant, petulant president. Damn, I said the P word. Petulant? Pre- uh, president oh well he's supposed to be <laughs> and um so i think that that question doesn't get answered hey, he just pulled out he actually just said that he's not pulling out of the paris climate accord so i mean you should be happy about that that the i mean even though it donald does trump waste, is bipolar this is nothing new it, no because he's now sided with his best friends chuck schumer and nancy pelosi he's an idiot it's what he is, seriously. And Trump's this is what popular, but this is, I will tell you this. I've told, I I told, told you this once. And I'm, I've told you this. I'm going to tell you again. He's not. Trump is not a Republican. Trump's a populist who will go with what, whichever way the wind moves. No. When that, he, when the campaign was rolling around, it was Republicans that were backing him up and were giving him the get go. Now that Republicans in Congress don't like him and they don't want to play along with his game, he's turning to the other party because he knows that they'll play with him just to uh, make uh, Paul Ryan angry. So uh, what's the phrase? uh, The enemy of my enemy is my friend. That's exactly what's going on right now. He is Republican, um, and he has been for quite some time. And uh, I think that this is what Republicans get. You you know, my mama and my grandmother always say you got to be careful what you you ask for. Or sometimes, you know, when you bend nose and you go into your... Yeah, significant other cell phone. You get what you're looking for. You get what you're looking for sometimes. And Republicans are getting now what you're looking for because now you got a guy that you – he's not a populist. This dude is is is, is what he is, is uh, wanting to be popular uh, because it doesn't matter with him, okay? It doesn't matter to him if he gets something done with Republicans or if he gets something done with Democrats. He just wants to be able to, to take – the credit for being able to get something done. I mean, but isn't how that what any claimed, president wants? No, because most presidents get to understand that there's um, that there's things that you have to do things to get it done. And you know, actually, and but President Obama didn't do that. He just signed executive orders. No, he actually was a president because he had been a senator, so he knew how things were done in Washington. Unlike this idiot. That, but what was he doing before he was a senator? A state senator. I don't know. A constitutional lawyer, perhaps, or a state Community senator. Organizer. Yeah. See, I I think that again, and I find that again, being now an organizer myself, I don't. I've always found that so dumb that Republicans bring that up because what fault is in an organizer? That's real grassroots works. That's how you meet people. That's how you know the real concerns of the constituents. I've I've always thought that that's so silly. How he's a he was a community organizer. <laughs> okay, so he did he organized. That's I'll real give, grassroots. I'll, I'll that's how that. he became so popular in the state that's riddled with crime, where the Democratic mayor should be. Uh, did, well, I can't say Rob Emanuel. Nice. Well, let's a, call it out. 
Rahm Emanuel he's was his chief of staff, yeah, President uh, Obama. Now he's the mayor he's of Chicago, and he's awful at it. He's a disgrace. But that also shows you what's been going on in our country and the very pop big cities that we have. Minneapolis, L.A., Chicago, New York. I know they have Republican by, governors. No, they're run by Democrats, and they have been ran governors. by Democrats for decades. So, again, I, I, I love when you – here I go again, batting it back to you. A city that's ran – because that's your all-talking point, too. Cities, so cities that are run and they're run down by Democratic mayors, when you have Republican governors – so let me understand this. So I'm the Republican governor of a state, which makes me the president because I'm the executor of that state – and I see the mayor letting his city go down while I stand idly by and do nothing for yes. a state that I run. Okay. Now, I... wait a minute. So how does that make me any better? Because Wait a minute. Because doesn't, doesn't a governor have more power than a mayor? Here, I, I don't I'll, know I'll... how the chain of command works in the politics. I'll give you uh, this example. When, by the uh, way, Michael the Brown, yes. when Michael Brown got shot, there were all the riots and the protests. The governor wanted to bring in the National Guard. What happened in Ferguson? People freaked out, and as a result, the nation freaked out on the governor. Imagine what would happen if it wasn't that tense of a situation, and the governor tried to get involved and tried to push his boundaries, so to speak. Okay, I, I, I hear you, but again, if— It would make national news. If a governor is watching a, if, if a watching a city go down— he too, he or she is just as at fault as that 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 particular mayor, because it is his job as executive of the state to make sure that that city that that state is functioning well. And if a particular city isn't, because it's really with crime, joblessness, homelessness, and those things of that nature, you are the executive of that state. Your job is to make sure that those things aren't happening, and it's not. But in states like Minnesota and New York, there you know, also have with democratic. Governors. Yeah, in a great state that's uh, thriving. We've got plenty more on the other side of the break, especially with our Republican uh, uh, guest coming up, Xavier Bickett, and uh, his his homeboy he brought in here, too. So we got some uh, uh, chomping at the bent to do. So on the other side of the break, more with Back Republican Black Democrat on Twin Cities News Talk and TwinCitiesNewsTalk.com. I'm glad that you accepted my offer to you when I say like Republican, Black Democrat. I'm your host and homeboy, Jamar Nelson. And I'm your host, Priya Samstar. Do you know who this is? I I'm, do not. I'm not even going to ask that. I'm going to quit asking <laughs> that every week. That's our boy. That's my boy, Luther Vandross there. I, I, I should almost play this at the, on the, uh, towards the end of the show because the song is called Glad I Got You Home. So we should have been getting some of these folks home. You know, you don't know nothing about that. Remember, there's like an age difference here. Look, like a huge age gap. For the ladies, though, I love just, our producers. Fall off, right? Well, you know, people. A lot of people think that Luther Vandross is just ladies prone, but no, I mean he's the greatest of all time. He's the greatest of all time. Welcome back, though, Priya. Yeah, we've got some great <laughs> guests here. Yes, six five one nine eight nine five eight five five is the call in number. Six five one. Nine eight nine five eight five five. As I said, going to the break, uh, we are going to. We brought on guests to address my uh, Facebook post today. Do Republicans care about women, black and brown people, and appropriate behavior from uh, police officers? Bad interactions with uh, with police officers. So I brought in. I know a lot of Republicans, but I brought in someone that I that I know that is trying to bridge the gap between all of that. Xavier Bickett, and uh, he brought along. 
A.K. Kamara, who uh, who's a, a a black Republican. Huh. Huh. Imagine that. <laughs> <laughs> so let's get, just get right into it. I, I, A.K., I don't know if you've ever heard my show, but, you know, this is Keep It Real Radio, and that's what we do on the show, right? Yeah. I, I, I don't we think... Keep it as real as the FCC will allow us Well, no, this is true, right? <laughs> right, Stan? <laughs> <laughs> I think that, uh, uh, no doubt about it, um, I don't never have a problem with black Republicans, which is kind of seriously why we came up with the name of this show, right? But my problem, I think a problem that a lot of us have in the hood with black Republicans is the fact that it's not that you become Republican, it's the fact that they forget where they come from. When most Republicans come from the hood, they forget that. And then they start talking down to the rest of us, forgetting that. Well, now Republicans have us on our plantation. Well... Where's your ideals to get us off the plantation that doesn't involve government? I don't believe government should play a pivotal role in anyone's life. Absolutely not. Yes, this is a Democrat saying that. But I think that there is a role. There are small roles the government should play, especially when you need them, when you need services that you pay into. Government should be there for you, and there should be no shame in asking for those help from any of those entities. Of course, there are people that are always there's moochers and, and people that take advantage of the system, but most people are too prideful to even go get it. So those that do receive it, we shouldn't be slapping them on the hand. So that's my problem. What do you think the problem is? Well, I, I think from my experience, you know, I, I didn't grow up in a Republican household or anything like that. Um, my mom was a lifelong Democrat. My pops was smart lady. He, he would he classified himself as a uh, as a Marxist. So he believed in Karl Marx, social conflict theory. Um, so for me, you know, I grew up from a non-traditional background, I guess, if you could say from politics, I didn't discover that, you know, I was someone that had a affiliations with ideals that were Republican until I was already an adult and I started reading on some books. How, how, how old were you? I was 19. 19. Yeah. You, okay. So let me understand this. You grew up in a household where your father, where as Republicans love to say, Democrats are a Marxist. You're a Marxist. Yeah. So your father was a Marxist and you, and your, your mother was a left-leaning Democrat, right? Yeah. Okay, yeah. so how do you, at 19, when you're first able to vote, your first time to vote, how do you then say, okay, well, dang, I've had enough of that, <laughs> and I'm going to vote Republican? Yeah, on some real what? stuff. And who was the candidate? Yeah, I mean, George Bush, he was... He was 41. Uh, yep, so he H, uh, W. Bush. Okay. He was running against uh, against Kerry, and this cat approached me, and he's like, who are you going to vote for? And I was like, I don't know, and I, I never, you know, I really haven't ever voted, and he's like, well, you should vote for Kerry. And I was like, well, why should I vote for him? And he's like, because George Bush is a Republican and Republicans are bad for black people. I'm like, that just sounds off. I never heard nothing like that. So he gave me this book and it's called The Thousand and One Things Every American Should Know About African American History. So I go ahead and I read this book and it goes kind of back to back, uh, you know, when when Africans were being brought over here as slaves and it does a whole history and it talks about innovations and things like that. And then it talked about how slavery ended. Mm -hmm. And so from this historical perspective, I learned about the Free Soil Party and the Whig Party, and they joined together to abolish slavery. And all the first uh, elected officials were all Republicans, you know, back in the 1860s. And then it, the book goes forward, and it goes into the 1920s and talking about the KKK and the Democrats and, and everything like that. And then Republicans it, love that, too. Well, but I, this, is, this, is what I, this wasn't from a talking point. This was from nothing. This was from this book. And so it gets in the 60s, and it talks about the Great Society, and, and it talks about how there was this kind of push. You know, essentially you had Nixon that wanted to really reach out to the African-American community, and he was doing okay. Um, and then Dr. King got arrested, and he couldn't he couldn't get him out of jail. 
He uh, tried to make a call to the Democrat governor. He couldn't do it. And JFK stepped in and said, hey, you know, uh, I'm going to make sure to get this guy out. And at that point, boom, all of a sudden you had Democrats in mass that were now attracting black people. So I read this historical perspective. In the 1940s. And, that's right. In the 1940s, <laughs> Democrats. No, 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 no. I'm just saying I'm agreeing with you. But in the yeah, 1940s, yeah. Democrats started fleeing the Republican Party, fleeing the Republican Party. So I think that I, I, I th we always hear Republicans talk about how Lincoln freed Democrats or excuse me, blacks and, and um, how Democrats were the part of the KKK. OK, great. Thank you. And Lincoln freed us. Thank you. Mm -hmm. Okay, great. But I also tell people to go into find some of Lincoln's speeches, especially when he was uh, running for president and during some of his um, uh, during the debate speeches. Find some of the things that he said about how he thought he didn't think that uh, uh, he was torn of thinking how a black man should be equal as a white man. He how he had to battle it within himself. So, uh, you know, thank you, but uh -huh. but but my whole point was that that reading this it piqued my mind and said re after reading this book i came back and i was like why should this make me not want to to be a republican right i was like you know we have all these all this historical time and he's like oh no man he's like you just gotta look from the great society going forward like who's really been helping black people in today's generation and i said well i i can i can understand and feel where you're coming from but let me look further into these republicans so i started looking through and i started reading about these policies and i was like you know what i'm a republican and I came back to him, and I was like, I can't vote for Kerry, man. And he's like, well, why not? And I said, honestly, I've always had this desire that I view myself as an individual. You know, I, yes, I'm part of a whole of, a, of the country, but I've, I believe that my individual aspect can actually make me better. Because I grew up, when I grew up in North Dakota, I grew up in a place that we call the welfare square. Um, you know, my mom and dad, they were in and out. They got married and divorced a couple times. And my pops got popped. He ended up going to jail for, you know, possession of cocaine and uh, intent to deliver and everything like that. So I grew up on the system, you know, and I had always thought, like, I could do more than this. I could be more than what I was because people would look at me like, oh, you're just going to be like your dad or, you know, you're not going to amount to nothing. So when I read all this stuff and I find out about being an individual and controlling my own destiny, that's what made me be a Republican, man. But Democrats, what, what, what about the, our party made you not think that you didn't have freedom? Yeah, I mean, since we're on some real talk, um, the thing that I've always had a dislike when it comes to Democrats is that they focus so much on the group. It's always the group. And I think that the groupishness takes away from your drive to be able to be successful as an individual. But when you when you look at – because we have to focus on the groups. Republicans in society have made it so that certain groups have to correlate together. So we're the party that's saying, look, we have to shine a light on these particular groups because they're being mistreated. So that's why we look at groupism or, or collectivism, because if houses, blacks, women, gays, are groups of people, individuals that have that society or laws have prohibited to being together or for some prohibited something about that particular group. That Democrats have had to be a part of saying, recognizing, saying, you have freedom. Yeah, Republicans have a, a real, a weird definition of freedom. Well, I, I think that it's it's not to say that a group doesn't matter because there are groups. Groups will always exist, right? I think it's the lines that you define those groups is what the problem that I've always had kind of coming up is that if if in this group, if the group doesn't succeed, then that means that I fail. Now, if I can, as an individual, succeed. And my my understanding is that I'm, yes, part of this group, 
my focus shouldn't be on the group. It should be on myself. And then if all the individuals focus on themselves and they understand that there's a connection with that group, the group will be better. Mm-hmm. And so I think it's the emphasis of where the connectivity of that group is. I don't like the idea that if, if my neighbor fails, that I fail. I want to be able to succeed even if my neighbor fails. And hopefully, if we can both succeed, then we can both be up. Xavier, your, your party, though, is a party that, again, puts people in a box. Democrats have to fight for them. So let me answer your first question. The one that you asked was, do Republicans care about women, black, brown folks, or bad interactions and inappropriate behavior with police? So the, obviously the answer is yes. Okay. And I, I really wanted to— Obviously the answer is yes? I say yes. Okay. I wanted to get into some of, you know, Trump—and I wasn't a Trump guy, you know, but— You did not. What, what, Trump, uh, what Trump had talked about was, like, what do you have to lose when he's, like, to the black community? Who would you, you vote for? I was a Gary Johnson supporter. Oh, see, so you wanted to party. Oh, jeez. But I was a libertarian. I mean, it's philosophy-based, right? Okay. Yep. Um, for me, when I look at, you know, saying, hey, Republicans put people into groups, I don't, I don't look at it that way. I don't look at it as this group has certain rights and this group has certain rights and this group has certain rights. It's each individual have individual rights. So I don't think it's Republicans that are putting people into groups or saying you have to be in this group. But I would, I would flip the script and say I, I would disagree with that. I don't think Republicans are putting people into groups. I'm not going to sit here and say Democrats are putting people into groups, but I would look at what policies are being put to to, to, to lift the people. So if, if right now if you're saying, hey, the black community or brown the brown community in Minneapolis, are those Democrat policies helping them? I would say no. If you look at the school system, I don't think those policies are helping them. Um, if you look at uh, poverty rates, I don't think it is helping them. If you look at job uh, um, joblessness, I don't think the Democrat policies in those urban areas are actually helping the community. And so I will say that's – and I'm reaching out to the black community, and I say, hey, look at some of these policies. And that's not going to happen overnight because there's not a lot of trust yet. I got some fire. I got I got to fire back on sure. I, on the other side of the break. I got to certainly fire in, and I do got a co-host too. So on the other side of the break, we got more <laughs> with Xavier Bickett and A.K. Kamara on Black Republican, Black Democrat on Twin Cities News Talk and TwinCitiesNewsTalk.com. Welcome back, Black Republican, Black Democrat. I'm your coast. Coast. Co-host. <laughs> co-host, Jamar Nelson. And I'm your co-host, Priya Samstar. Welcome back. And when we have our in-studio guest, Xavier Bickett of Young Republicans. I'm actually the Republican Liberty Caucus chair. I'm, okay. not, I'm, not, a, I'm not a leader, technically, in the Young Republicans anymore. I'm, I'm, a, I'm just an activist. Well, that's why you got to tell me these things <laughs> in advance. That's why he, I'm looking at notes and not paying attention to him. And A.K. Kamara, who's also a black Republican. Now, a lot of—we've had some people— uh, question why we had Xavier on tonight to talk about race relations when it comes to political activism, especially when it comes to minority outreach in the Republican Party. And I just, I laughed when I read, I, I'll be honest, I laughed. I had a good, like, five-minute, like, hearty laugh when I read it because my, the first thing that came to my mind is how this was a Democratic talking point. We usually see Democrats accusing Republicans um, of doing this exact same thing of, uh, you know, how dare you sit here and speak for something that you've never experienced in your life? You have not walked a mile in my shoes, so therefore you don't get to talk about it. As a female, as a darker-skinned Indian, which is a huge thing because in India, oh, yeah, no, I'm not darker-skinned people are not treated the same as lighter-skinned Indians. I, I mean, not in the black community, that's right. 
it, that's just how it is. Um, and as someone who has worked within the Republican Party, I do not, even though I am a journalist, I do not shy away from what I, my past experiences and my past jobs. I think that it's absolutely ridiculous that we have to sit here to co-host with much melanin sitting here (laughs) (laughs) having somebody else tell me specifically as a female woman of color who has worked in the Republican Party, knows women of color who have voted Republican, that I cannot have a white man sitting here talking about race relations in the Republican Party. And here's my reason why. And yes, I am on my soapbox, and I apologize. Stand high, honey. Stand high. (laughs) Here's why I have a problem with this. One, it's a Democratic talking point, which I think if you're any Republican, you shouldn't. If you're for individual liberties, I I welcome your opinion, but I think it's a stupid opinion. Listen, I thought it was dumb that she she was saying that a white guy could come in here and saying that, too. Come on now. But here's the thing. We live in a world of stereotypes, and I Word. and you know there are libertarian Republicans, there are Democrats especially, who sit here and tell me, well, stereotypes are bad. Well, guess what, folks? We live in the real world. You work in sales. You work in marketing. Every aspect of your job requires some level of stereotyping in order to move product. That is just the basics of econ- basic information for economics. So guess what? When we, st- we stereotype as political activists, as political figures— we stereotype to understand who exactly is our base and who exactly is going to vote for us. So when people of color, like Jamar and I, if we were not politically involved, we're sitting, you know, in our homes of Minneapolis, what do we see on TV? White Repu- Republicans are stereotyped as white men, a.k.a. Xavier would be a perfect <laughs> example of it. A.K. is not a perfect example of that. He bucks the stereotype. But here's the thing. When those people of color, those independents, those Democrats are sitting there and saying, well, what exactly is it that Republicans have to offer me? What exactly is the message that's going to convince me that they are the reason and their message is going to, as my co-host eloquently says, to get them off the plantation? I want to hear from Xavier. I don't want to hear. I mean, it's great to hear from an AK, but I want to hear from a Xavier because Xavier is what I identify as a Republican. And here's the other thing. People like AK, people like myself who have worked for Republicans in the past, people of color who identify as Republicans are seen as race traitors. Well, I mean, again, it, the, the problem is I thought, again, her premise was silly to me because it's not – of course she doesn't have the experience that you and I have, AK, or you and I have Priya, mm-hmm. especially you and I, AK, as black men, okay? Mm-hmm. No, but that's – that. That was that was the point. I was gonna say that's not the point. That was the point of how ha- I needed I, Republicans have to address outreach. I was so excited for uh, Carnahan to win. I thought, d- damn, here's a real chance for Republicans to win statewide. I, I, I honestly, I, she sat in that chair and I told her I was really. She Priya knows. I've talked yep. on and off there. I told her I was really afraid that Republicans would now. As she said, would turn the state red because it was a minority woman that I that at first before she won was really talking about outreach, and that to me is so important. If Democrats have blacks, black folks and brown folks on a plantation, where is the outreach from Republicans? Jeff Johnson, who is a Republican nominee, or excuse me, I'm sorry, Republican well candidate. candidate, excuse me, he's he he ran and lost. 
He's a commissioner, county commissioner of Hennepin County, huge county, well diverse. He lost. You know why? Didn't see him. Al Franken went out there, got booed. He won. He got swore at. He got swore at. But he had the guts to go, and he killed out there. Republicans say because you're a Democrat, you got a black or brown face, ah, you're a lost cause. we got to stop that. That outreach, it's why I brought you here, because it's important to you. I've never seen, seriously, a, 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 a white guy that thinks that it's so important that his party recognizes the ills or not even ills, that that. Black and brown people are people, not just a voting segment that belongs to the Democrats, but people, Xavier. And I think I think a lot of the black and brown community believe in Republican values, but the Republican Party is Word. not out there. They're just yes, not out we there. We are very conservative. And when I was out there, when I was out there with Maj Toure with Black Owns Matter, this is you know when we back went back into that event, it was like, where have you guys been? Why are you here now? What are you trying? What are you trying to do? You know. Uh, so I'll, I'll, I, the reason why I want to uh, talk to you about this is. My, like I said, my plan is to keep going back into the community. I, I moderated a Republican governor's forum Yesterday, on Thursday. Right? Thursday. Thursday. What is today? Yeah, I know. Yeah, Thursday. Thursday. Don't, don't listen to me. <laughs> Thursday. And I said, hey, Republican Liberty Caucus did, did this event. We went into the outreach, went up in Broadway, went to the hood, up and down the street, handing out flyers for four days talking to people. Are you willing to come back out with us? We'll go you know, to a barbershop or wherever and, and sit down and talk with people about what issues are important to them. I think we agree on values, but we're not out there to say hi, show our face, and listen. And I think we need to start doing that. until Yeah, until September of October of an election year. But that's what's important is we are conservatives. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And so – I think if you don't bother to come around, I think when we talk about Hillary or, or, or um, being the lesser of two evils, I think that's how some black and brown people think about the two parties. Mm -hmm. Well, because black folks, I know plenty, I take you to the hood and show you plenty of black folks that's tired of Democrats, okay? Mm -hmm. But they say, well, wait a minute, what Republicans do I know? Mm -hmm. Then they think about what you say, Priya. Well, mm -hmm. they're, they're typical white males that don't care about black people. Mm -hmm. That's not always true. But if you don't have anyone from that party bothering, especially white men, you, you don't need to send a black face. I really don't want to see a black Republican to keep it real. I want to see a white. I don't actually. I, I It didn't matter. But I want to see a white male come around and say, listen, I, I know you're tired of Democrats. You. Exactly. I know you're tired of Democrats. But here's how I can help you. Here's how I can help you without government. You're tired of government. Here's how I can help you, AK. Yeah, so I, I think from I've had this very interesting perspective because I've been a leader in different uh, Republican affiliate groups and things like that. I've been a BPOU chair, basic political organizing unit out in Woodbury. Um, here's here's how I break it down. I think that that we got to remember it's politics, right? And what does politics? What's their main point? It's to win. To okay. Win. And so the problem is that you get caught up in the ideals that you can reach out to these other minority groups and that gets crossed with what is going to turn out the best mm. chance to win. Mm. And this has been the crux that I've witnessed personally, the conversation that I've had. How when you have someone and I love Jennifer Carnahan, I do. I've had yeah. real conversations with her. And the problem is when you get into a position and you have these lofty ideals, you got to remember that because you're running a political party, if someone and those that donate money think that you are chasing a lost cause, there's no money that's going to follow up. it. And so I, I think that it's it's been a, a conversation that we've had, and I think that what it really comes down to is people that are willing to say, I don't really care what the what the associated cost is going to be, but to divert 
a specific amount of resources. Not that you're ever going to win in one fail swoop, but you have to make an impact. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I like this dude. He's coming back. I like this dude. Let's take a phone call. For a reason. He's coming. <laughs> you do. Let's take a phone call from Christopher. Christopher, how you doing, bro? Hey, I'm good, sir. How y'all doing? I'm good. Thanks for calling. All right. This is Christopher Seymour from Bloomington. I ran for House of Representatives SD50. Chris, I remember you. Okay. Yeah. Zach did contact me, and I want to say... Uh, if I give a little background between Zach and I. Xavier. Um, he contacted – Xavier, I'm sorry. Um, I contacted him during my run on the Young Republicans. And then after the election process, he contacted me. And I'm like, well, why would you contact me now? And he said, well, you know, I want to reach out to people in the community. And he admired um, any person that wants to be in public office because those are strong people. And he felt like – he should reach out to me, and we had good conversation. So there's just no opposition to to this gentleman at all, as far as I'm concerned. Um, my question today, though, the reason why I called in, um, I told people during my house run that I was preparing myself to run for the governor of Minnesota. And so I have not put myself out there to say yes, I am, or no, I am not at this point, but I'm thinking about it. And um, I'm doing way more than thinking about it. I even got surveys out there. Um, but my question is strategically, mm -hmm. um, is there any possibility in Minnesota for a black man to run under the Republican banner? We'll answer that on the other side of the break. And I appreciate your call, bro. And uh, we got to have you in one day. Uh, we'll answer that on the other side of the break. Uh, this is Black Republican, Black Democrat on Twin Cities News Talk and TwinCitiesNewsTalk.com. Welcome back. Ow! Wait a minute now. Gotta wait for the bridge, Priya. I wish you guys could see this right now. <laughs> oh, wait. Let me just live stream this real quick. <laughs> He'll still keep going. We need a webcam on Jamar right now. <laughs> so this is where Nelly sampled that song, huh? Yes. Okay. I exactly. See, that's Chuck what these Brown. young kids don't know. That's right. Chuck Brown. Pretty much any new rap song after 2000 is all sampled. sampled. Yep. No, for sure. <laughs> oh, okay. Uh, <laughs> I can get down all day in here. And I don't get, we don't get but an hour for you. Oh, my gosh. And it goes fast. Let's take this call from Vincent. Vincent, thanks for calling. Yes, uh, thank you very much for being on. No problem. Um, over in, by the capital, west is Frogtown. And... North is North End. Yes, sir. I grew up mostly in Frogtown before the service in the 60s. Um, now, when Republicans, I don't know, maybe Democrats, too, that are running for outside of just a representative for the area, you know, state of Minnesota legislature, governor, senator, whatever, how come they don't just walk inside Frogtown and walk around house to house, right. knocking on doors right. and seeing people? Word. Word. my questions in Frogtown. Word. No, exactly. Retail politics skills, it makes a difference. Thanks for the call, Vince, because you're absolutely right. Vince is making my point. 
So to, to, a few things. So on Vincent's point, there are candidates that run for local office that do go around and talk to people in the neighborhoods. That That is something that actually happens. Yeah, yeah. And getting back to Chris's point, because he had asked, can a black man run or a black woman run or a person of color? He said black man. Did you say black man? Yeah. Can a black man run uh, for the Republican Party for and governor? Win? I would say, yeah. No. Why? You mean endorsement or the election? Election. No. Yeah, why not? Because they don't. Uh, we, we just circle. Again, we're going back to the operative word, circle of one. Their outreach, the lack thereof. You can't win. You can rule. You can win and rule Minnesota and still lose. So you're telling me a black man can't come to the Republican Party interested in running for governor, and you're going to say that he has no chance of winning? Well, first of all, I, I don't. don't I, don't I don't know if your party. I don't know if your. I haven't seen your party push forward a minority candidate. I, I don't. Let's keep okay. it real. Yeah, you know, uh, I, I think I can. Other than someone some that they're going to use for a token. I. I so I've talked to a couple of minority candidates who have tried to run. They say that it's really hard because, again, it goes back to this idea of being a race traitor. I mean, you look at Clarence Thomas. You look at Tim no, Scott. Bad you example, look bad at example. You look at Ben Carson. Bad All example. of these people have, okay, Nikki Haley, Bobby Jindal. Shall I continue? But Nikki Haley is a quite different. This is a this Nikki is, Haley is an Indian woman. This is a woman that could run and win. Now she's doing too much. Uh, bluffing right now but here's in her the position, thing. she's but she still considered a race traitor. She, there, she's considered having betrayed her race and betrayed her culture. See, you say that, but I don't hear that in the hood. First of all, she she wouldn't be considered uh, a minority till she decides to get the endorsement from Republicans, and then they'll show her, "No, you're you're Republic, you're you're minority." You don't get this. You don't but get this. People endorsement. also minorities also realize one thing that they will Can't never win. win. As a Republican. You can't win as a Republican. And it's not because Republicans are racist. No. It's because. Sometimes. Some. I will give you that some. But there are some racist Democrats, too. And we've Um, had this conversation as well. Prejudice. Because some say they can't. I think we all have prejudice. And that's the word that people don't miss. You know what I'm saying, AK? Everybody prejudice. Everyone. We all have prejudices. We all are ashamed to admit it. No, we have prejudices. Doesn't make you a racist if you know that you have prejudices. You know, I don't. Uh, I've never dated a white lady. You know what I'm saying? I wouldn't. I, I want my queen to be a sister. You yes, know what I'm saying? Uh, we've actually had a very in-depth conversation about this. I tell her, marry an Indian guy. Personal preferences. <laughs> yeah. That's what I, it's about. I, I, AK, he's, he tells AK's me. AK's married to a, a, a he white He tells lady. me. So, he's know, like, so I think matter. Cindy Crawford is absolutely it's gorgeous. Beautiful. But I was like, if you had a free pass... And you could go out at, go out on the town with her for one night. You wouldn't do it. He's like, nope. No, I'm well, taking my wife. Personal preference. You know, I think S.E. Cup is extremely beautiful. But And I'm glad, see, my co-hosts, you got to watch what you say nowadays. <laughs> you know, But no, I think yeah, she is. You don't want to. I, I think we all have prejudices. We're just ashamed to, uh, to admit it. And that's the problem because we don't have honest dialogue about race in this country. Mm-hmm. And again, I think the problem is... Um, a lot of races are, are rearing their ugly head because of Donald Trump being president. I don't think that um, uh, that is being addressed as well uh, by the party. Um, it's, it's, it's so easy to ignore racism, and I don't blame certain people because it sparks such evil things and, and uh, our attitudes and things of that nature. But we have to have the, the dialogue about it, especially when you have a president that I believe – Republicans think Obama – uh, stoke the fires of racism. I don't. I don't know how, but I think this guy is the ideal of what's stoking the fires of racism. I, I don't think that Republicans necessarily believe that Obama stoked the fires of racism. I think. What... Do you listen to this airwaves? <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, most Republicans. 
most Republicans don't think that Obama stoked the fires of racism. I think what people had a problem was with is that we saw violent protests happen on the streets, and he did nothing to condemn it. He just kind of let it go. And, I mean, that's why you see things like Antifa happening right now. (laughs) And that's why cops will literally sit there and hold the line, so to speak, while people are getting thrown around. Uh, well, well, I just want—I just want to throw one little bit. When 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 you brought up the point, would would um, would Minnesota ever elect a black a black man, or and specifically would Republicans ever you know endorse a black man, or would he ever be able to win? And I would say, from my perspective, from my perspective of being able to to talk to people and to to even hear what people are saying behind my back, because other people would be like, "Oh man, like people really really do." you know, care about you or this person really doesn't like you. I think that ultimately the thing that you would have going against you is that you would not be able to be comfortable knowing that the darts that are coming at you. And what I mean by that is, Mm -hmm. yes, let's say that I ran for office. I might have people that say, you know, based off the way you talk, you talk so white. Well, I was, Mm -hmm. I was raised in North Dakota. I don't care. So the question is, can you let that roll off of you? But when, when you connect to people on a real level, I think that's when things fall away. And yes, I mean, I, I remember working in, I had someone that wanted to send me up north, to, you know, up to like God's country, right? Yeah. And they're like, I don't know if we can send you up there. Cause you know, I go by AK, but my name's Abdul Rahman. And so, like, oh. like, I don't know, I don't know, if, yeah. I don't know if we should send you up there. And I said, I grew up in North Dakota. People don't have a problem with me. Yes, there's that initial reaction when I when I first walk into your bar, when I walked into your business and you see me and I'm tatted up and I got earrings and da 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 da. But the moment that we connect, that goes away. So I think that, yes, you could. You can have it. Have but it. you can't let someone run and retell politics about your racial identity. you got to run as who you are. Let's take one more call from Corey. I like this brother. He's coming back. Corey, thank you for calling. Yeah, I think you could run as a Republican. Okay. It seems though the connection wasn't working very well. But um, back to AK's statement. You know, I don't, I think we're kind of on the same wavelength here. It's not the fact that the party, the party wouldn't have a problem endorsing a black candidate. No, I don't think that. No. I think, and to I, your point, uh, and I've said this over and over again, he would have no problem winning greater Minnesota. The problem comes in CDs four and five. And for most people who have no idea what a congressional district is or what that makes up, it's the metro area. That is where that candidate would have the problem. And, you know, would people be like, oh, you know, we're going to vote for him, you know, because he's a black man. You know, we saw this with President Obama when he ran. We saw this with Hillary Clinton. Well, women wanted to vote for Hillary Clinton because she'd be the first female president. Yeah, I think some of that would probably carry over from the Twin Cities and say, yeah, you know, we'll vote for the black Republican um, governor's candidate. Yeah, I think some of that would happen. But these are also very blue districts. Here's the thing, though. If the party got behind a black man, I think that he could win. But, they are, again, I'm going to say I don't sound like a broken record this whole hour. It's the outreach. It's the lack thereof. Mm-hmm. Black folks will elect a black Republican, a black Democrat, a, a, a gay person. They, we don't care. We want to hear you speaking issues to our hearts. We want to see you. I, I would love to. I like Jeff Johnson, people like that. I, I'm friends with plenty of Republicans. 
but I don't know if I would vote for them. You know why? Because I don't know if they they, they care about my community. You know why? Because I don't see them. They're not mm-hmm. out there. Not you can be there. on the radio saying that you care about the community, the hood, and this mm-hmm. is what I do. But if I don't see you, I don't care. So Democrats are there. And they may not be doing enough or might be doing way too much or whatever, but they're there. They build relationships throughout year round. So that's what's important. Man, this conversation is going to continue on our uh, poster podcast on the way because you can't just have an hour for this, right? Amen to that. Well, Priya, are you coming back next week? I am. What about you? I hope I come back. <laughs> will you have me back? Of course. Stan, will you be back next week? Yes, sir. Okay. All right, Stan. Everybody, thanks for coming back. Uh, well, we'll all be back. Thanks for listening to us this week. Priya, thanks for having me. Uh, enjoy the rest of your Saturday. I'm Jamar Nelson. And I'm Priya Samsadar. Black Republican, Black Democrat on Twin Cities News Talk and TwinCitiesNewsTalk.com. Bye.